Good afternoon and welcome to the City View podcast on a rainy Monday afternoon. I'm Andy Sylvester, editor at City M. In a minute, I'll be joined by Jack Barnett, our economics and markets correspondent here to talk through a pretty miserable start to the week on the globe's stock markets. First, though, the corporate headlines and Twitter is in the final stretch of negotiations in its sale to Elon Musk, with a deal potentially being reached as early as today. As reported across the piece by Reuters and Bloomberg, amongst others, the social media firm is hammering out the terms of a transaction, according to those familiar with the matter. Last week, the eccentric billionaire announced an offer to buy the social media platform for just around 43 billion US dollars, that's 33 and a half billion pounds, but did not say at the time how he would finance the acquisition. That led people to be skeptical about his intentions. However, last week you said in documents filed with US securities regulators that the money would come from Morgan Stanley and other banks, as well as from his own personal wealth. Twitter yet to comment on the matter. Musk has said he wants to buy Twitter because he does not feel it's living up to its potential as a platform for free speech. And you know what that might mean. In recent weeks, he's voiced a number of proposed changes for the company, from relaxing its content restrictions, such as the rules that suspended former President Donald Trump, to ridding the platform of its problems with fake and automated accounts. Elsewhere, McColl's, the convenience store, has acknowledged softer trading as customers hold back on spending, while the chain continues to try and secure a financial lifeline from partners. Shares tumbled 50% again, nearly trading on Monday morning after the retailer gave an update on its rescue deal talks. In a trading update on Monday, the convenience store chain said it's a mixed trading over the last few weeks. Meanwhile, UK retail investors are willing to shrug off the environmental damage of investments as long as they deliver bumper returns, new research has revealed. Some two-thirds of UK retail investors say they are unconcerned if their investments are sustainable and are focused solely on maximising the return on their cash research from investment firm Charles Schwab has revealed. Analysts at the firm said investors failing to vote with their wallets despite 67% considering ethical stocks a good investment. And some good news, even if not corporate news, Portugal has confirmed it plans to ignore EU rules that require British nationals to be treated as third country citizens at border checks. That means the Southern European nation will become the first EU member state to allow UK passport holders to be fast-tracked through electronic passport gates, thereby receiving the same treatment as Portuguese citizens and nationals from other EU member states. Um, That's all the corporate and non-corporate holiday news uh, for today. I'm now joined by Jack Barnett, our economics and markets correspondent. Thanks for... Stopping by, I think it's fair to say that it's it's not been a brilliant Monday so far uh, on on global markets, and really the news sort of started it started bad and it got worse, but it started bad in Asia, um, and that's really where this contagion has, has spread from. No pun intended, considering the context. <laughs> yeah, it's a heavy heavy risk off session to kick off the week. Um, one of the worst we've seen. In a while, markets have been pretty pretty tame for the last couple of weeks um, when they were really, really volatile when Russia sent troops into Ukraine. But I'll just give you some of the figures. So the first 100 um, is down about 1.4%, 250 is down about 1.3%. Um, sell-off is kind of bleeding into the continent. So the, the stock 600, which tracks all the big European stocks, is down over 1%. The DAX is down over 1% as well. Uh, and the US has also opened sharply lower and as you mentioned there the initial sell-off began in asia highly concentrated in china so the csi which is their equivalent of the FTSE 100 mm. was down nearly five percent and then hong kong's was down uh the hang Seng was down nearly nearly four percent um most of this has all been driven on the fact that china doesn't seem to be letting up on its zero covid um tolerance policy and there's actually talk of potentially beijing being plunged into a lockdown similar to what we've seen in shanghai over the last couple of weeks um, 
the concern of that is that's just going to weigh on global um, growth and a good indication to whether or not how hard that's hitting stocks. You, you, you break it down by sector. The industrial sector sort of includes your miners, commodity giants, um, oil giants as well. That they are suffering really severe losses at the moment. It's the last time I checked, BP, Shell, Glencore, Rio Tinto, all leading losses in the sector. Um, and oil prices off the back of those concerns about China, the China slowdown, which is probably going to lead to a, a slowdown mm. in oil consumption as well. That's that's pushed the WTI and Brent crude down around about 4% as well. So yeah, a very heavy risk off session to, to kick off the week. And just to explain uh, why these COVID-19, zero COVID lockdowns in China are concerning investors right across the world, because is it is it as simple as... China is an economic powerhouse that is also at the centre of global supply chains. Yeah, so I think it's, it's two-pronged. It's, it's demand and supply. So if you look on the demand side, um, just by virtue of the fact that most of, you know, you've got these huge industrial cities which are massive consumers of, of domestic goods and also massive consumers of, well, they're massive exporters as well. So if you lock down those cities, you're going to have a slowdown in domestic consumption in China, which is going to weigh on their growth. And then you're also going to have a slow a slowdown in their exports as well, um, which then guns up supply chains and then exports inflation to other countries, um, particularly in the UK as well. So that that's on the demand side. And then on the supply side, you've obviously got these masses of these huge logistic chains in China, which um, they supply goods mm. across all the world. They are just not functioning normally. They then can't get all the cargo out, which they need to from the ports, um, which then results in trade flows across the world being gummed up, which then results in, in higher inflation and then, you know, it's kind of adding to that narrative that we've got at the moment that inflation in the Western world um, is kind of being stoked from every single angle at the moment. So you had all the headwinds that we had prior to the war. Then you had the war. Now you've got these, um, you know, these 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 more lockdowns in in China as well. So it's just it's just adding to that narrative that inflation mm. is only going to tread higher in the in the Western world. Yeah, more to come on that front, I've, I've no doubt. Um, let's look ahead to the rest of the week. Because we are entering uh, the most exciting time of the year. It comes but four times a year, Jack. Bank earnings season. We've got reports from a host of the bigger lenders this week. Mm. Um, we'll start with HSBC tomorrow. Uh, I imagine most interesting there will probably not necessarily be the numbers, but the commentary around exactly this, around China and, and when and if the Chinese economy is going to start firing in, in full form again. Yeah, so obviously HSB is hugely reliant on Asia to generate income and profits, and it's really, really reliant on China um, to generate profits as well. Um, most people will obviously be expecting whether or not they're taking a bit of a hit from um, the expected slowdown in the Chinese economy and um, by virtue of that, a slowdown in the Hong Kong economy. And then we've got um, all the other big lenders across the week as well. So NatWest, Lloyd's, Barclays, all reported across the week. I think a couple of things to pick out there is that Lloyd's is obviously... Um, the country's biggest mortgage lender. It'll be interesting to see whether or not the continued resilience of the housing market in the you know in the UK mm. economy, despite the fact that interest rates are going up and we're having this cost of living squeeze. It'll be interesting to see whether or not they are still being boosted by the red hot housing market. And then on Barclays as well, um, there's been quite a sharp pullback in deal making um, activity as a result of greater mm. um, geopolitical risks as a result of. Um, uh, the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. It'll be interesting to see whether or not their investment banking revenue has slowed. Now, they are the only lender in the UK who still has quite a big presence 
in the investment banking sector after financial crisis and they rely quite heavily on it for to, to sort of generate profits. So it'd be, be interesting to see whether or not they've taken a hit from that sort of risk-off mm. attitude we're now seeing. Yeah, absolutely. And that risk-off attitude is now starting to filter down. We talked about it for a long time on this podcast and in the paper, but people are now starting to feel it. Um, just before you leave us, some ONS data today, which I think probably rings true, um, that, that a feeling that things are going a bit, I was going to go, <laughs> feeling that things are going south by as a result of prices going north and starting to become fairly universal. Yeah, so we had a, well, probably, the, this is probably the bleakest assessment we've had of the cost of living um, crisis at the moment um, from the ONS. So they've got nearly uh, nine in 10 households have experienced an uptick in their cost of living um, over the last, I think, four months or so. That is a 25 percentage point increase from when they last released a survey, which was the back end of of November. So it just speaks to the fact of, of, of how quickly this cost of living crisis has actually crept up on us and how severe it is. And another thing to note is that survey didn't actually take into account 54% um, uplift to the energy price cap we saw in April. So the next time um, that survey is released, I imagine it's going to be even bleaker. Mm. Well, um, always good to have you on the Monday to chat to cheer everybody up. That was Jack Barnett, our economics and markets correspondent. That's all from us at City View Podcast. Today, we'll be back tomorrow. Who knows? We may uh, need to uh, find a different way to tweet the podcast once Elon Musk is in charge. Um, that's all from us. We'll see you again tomorrow.